Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji DeMello, Kenno Roden, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Azure Podcast. This is episode number 443, being recorded on the 19th of October, 2022, with special guest Cesar. I'm Sajid, and on teams with me, we have Cynthia, Evan, and of course, our special guest we're going to get to in just a minute. But before that, let's dive into some of the news from this week. I believe uh, we have quite a few updates, right? I guess the, is this the follow-on from it, Ignite? I say it's still over here? from Ignite still. I think there's a lot still coming out. Yeah, Evan, I noticed you put a bunch in there, and I've got four as well that I would like to talk yeah, about. Yeah, sure. Let me. Um, I think most of mine are relatively small, and a couple of them will be probably be future episodes. Um, just sort of running through them. Um, the first one, and I, I guess I don't know whether I'm shocked or not shocked that AKS has this now, but you can go up to a 5,000 nodes in your AKS cluster. Um, that's a big workload. The old one was a thousand. That was a big enough workload. I, I, I'm a little bit. My mind's a little bit blown for a 5,000 node cluster. Um, the for SQL Server, you can now do confidential compute. VM options underneath it. Again, if you want to have that extra level of security, um, the Azure resource topology service um, is in public preview. This allows you to look at sort of your network design and how everything is connected. We'll probably see about getting them on the show. Um, the express route traffic collector flow logging. So this allows you to see source IP, destination IP, BGP, ASN, everything for your express route data in a nice visual perspective. And the last one, that we're definitely gonna have to do a show on is the Azure Elastic SAN um, is in preview now. And, and this is literally a virtualized SAN. It, this is not a bunch of disks that you have to manage. This is just big, massive storage that you don't have to care about the disks. So we'll, we'll definitely get that get a show on that down the road. I've got that on my to-do list. Awesome. And uh, I've got a few uh, that I can go through real quick. Uh, one is about open telemetry. A popular standard for logging these days, and they have this concept of, concept of exporters. And now Azure Data Explorer can ingest uh, the Open Telemetry data directly. So you just configure an exporter in, in Open Telemetry uh, to go straight to ADX, uh, and that will allow you to keep all your log data in one place and do queries and whatnot. The other one is the Azure Savings Plan for Compute. This is new, where you can now uh, say, okay, now I'm going to spend. At minimum, I'm going to spend so many hours uh, in the entire year, and you can kind of commit to that uh, low, that minimum bar, and so they'll give you a much uh, lower rate for that as long as you consume those many hours. If you go over that, you pay the regular rate. So at minimum, you'll save quite a bit of money. You know, and I think that. Most, oh, most, so so if you know you're going to spend that, it's actually a sort of a no-brainer exactly. at that point. Yeah, mm. really. I mean, if you're committed to you know hosting on Azure for the next year or even three years, they have a plan for three years as well. You get even more savings. Uh, just that minimum bar, uh, you could you could save a lot of money there. Nice. And then the other one was a networking-related one. Uh, Evan, uh, sorry, stole uh, it. Jumped into Deep. your space here. <laughs> but uh, and the Express Route has this feature now, Express Route Metro. 
So typically you can have a single uh, connection. Now you can have two connections going into Azure in the same met metro area and have that uh, you know scale uh, re redundancy or resiliency option in case one of those uh, networks go down. But my absolute you know, favorite update uh, this week is the Azure Monitor predictive auto scale saw that. That's for, cool. for, AI, for VMSS, right? And this is not just regular auto scale where you know you have to set the rules here. Azure Monitor will predict what the rules uh, should be and will ahead of time will scale up and scale down for you based on historical uh, captured data. So this is, I think, the best of all worlds, especially the time that it takes to scale up a node can sometimes be non-trivial. And it, it, you know, you're getting a burst of traffic. It's taking 15 minutes for the node to come up, and you've already lost 15 minutes of, you know, that time. Now, uh, Azure Monitor will, you know, in, in advance, will scale up that node for you, knowing that hey, there is going to be some sort of traffic uh, bump over here. So I think this is phenomenal, and really excited about this one. And uh, those are all the updates I have. Cynthia, was there anything uh, that sprung to your mind? I have not listened to last week, but have we talked about? Azure deployment environments. No, I, I pushed that to next week because I, I, I actually think we should get a show on that. Okay, then we will wait until next week. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, let's uh, turn the mic over to our special guest, Cesar. Cesar, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. A very special topic uh, uh, that we'd like to discuss with you, but go ahead and uh, tell us uh, what you do at Microsoft, uh, what your passion is in the Azure space, and we'll take it from there. Sure. Yeah, so I, I work for for uh, the Azure team, uh, strategic missions and technologies. It's uh, related to the products for the future in Azure, right? Uh, my background is also about AI machine learning. I was a PM in the Azure machine learning team until recently, uh, and also working in DevDiv, uh, .NET, dot, .NET machine learning, microservices, and so on. But now I'm focusing on the kind of what are the new products uh, related to the cloud and for the future. And one of the, the areas, and I work for, for kind of the technical side, um, one of those areas and products are related to 5G, right? So that's kind of the main topic for, for this discussion. Um, uh, yeah. So, so, so I know 5G can be like a very big uh, area of exploration when we when you have a discussion on it. Um, help us uh, understand, you know, what, what Azure is doing in this space, like just at a high level, and then we can drill down to see a specific area that uh, you're you're kind of focusing on. Yeah, because that's that's a it certainly looks like a simple question, but in reality, is like the first question anyone can think about, right? Like, hey, Azure's cloud, 5G is networking. What's the relationship, right? And so I'm going to explain that, but also I also want to highlight that it's not just about the networking and the products is also about what this is enabling, which is a new kind of set of applications. And so that's another topic that I want to touch today. Um, so think about the cloud. We all know about you know uh, native cloud native applications, right? And are related to the cloud, like the best applications, microservices architecture, and so on. Um, 5G is also enabling a new set of uh, new applications, what we call modern connected applications, or you could call it also something like um, edge native applications or or native connected applications, right? So that's kind of, as a developer, I could think about. But then 
why or, or what's the capacity that 5G is giving, it's what we can also uh, discuss today, right? So talking about 5G, right? Because um, if you search about, okay, what is 5G um, providing me? And you search for that in the internet, typically you will find like three pillars, right? That for instance, um, one is massive machine type communication, MMTC which means you can have a lot of devices in small areas or large areas, but the density can be huge, right? Another one is enhanced mobile broadband, right? And that means uh, the bandwidth that you can have with 5G is huge compared to previous um, wireless like 4G, uh, 3G, right? And, and finally, the third pillar is uh, ultra reliable, low latency communication. Uh, the acronym is, is URLLC, and that's probably the most important, which is the communications provided by 5G is very reliable with very low latency, right? And probably this is the most important or the most uh, kind of differentiator if you compare, for instance, with Wi-Fi, because Wi-Fi, you could also have a lot of devices with Wi-Fi 6, or, or, or uh, you can also have a, a good, a very good bandwidth. But reliability and security are a few topics that I will uh, answer later are, are a differentiator for, for 5G. But then coming back to the global concept, right? Um, 5G is at the end of the day, as we were saying, it's a network improvement, but it is a huge network improvement. And the important thing is what it's going to enable. So that's related to new use cases and new scenarios, new applications that were not possible without 5G, right? So that's what I wanna um, uh, chime in uh, later. Um, like some scenarios in real time, mission critical, uh, large surfaces were not possible previously. It, it, and, and by the way, just, oh, just more thing, Anything I'm, I'm going to be discussing and explaining, uh, we're going to provide like a few, some content, like an infographic and so on uh, at aka.ms slash Azure Podcast 5G. So if you're listening this podcast and but you are also have access to the Internet, uh, then you can open the infographic and you can kind of uh, look at the visuals while uh, I'm discussing about it. OK. They, they built this infographic just for our audience. That's the story we're going to go, go with. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> Cesar, the, there's a couple pieces to this, sort of the bigger picture, right? Because, you know, Microsoft, we're, we're getting into the, um, basically the operator space, right? Which is providing the infrastructure underneath for mobile connectivity. But, but what you're really talking about is sort of the stuff that sits on top of that, that is um, not just a Microsoft piece right like like we're certainly shipping infrastructure and and you know third-party providers will you know set up their 5g networks on top of our infrastructure but you're really focused on the the applications and the scenarios that you can enable regardless of the technology underneath or, or do i have to be on microsoft's stack to be able to do what you're so talking about with 5g there are different levels but but you're right. Like I didn't mention that uh, what's Microsoft uh, providing as a product, right? Because it, there are two things, right? Like I was focusing on what are the benefits and what you can yeah. get from 5G. But you're right. If, if we just talk about 5G, well, it sounds more to me like related to operators. So what's that related to Microsoft, right? So Microsoft is, is also uh, providing new products uh, related to 5G. Some of those products are 
maybe the best way to to put it is there are kind of two target sub uh, target uh, customers. One is the enterprise. The other one are operators, right? Okay. So maybe let's start with operators uh, because it's kind of the more direct thinking. But probably for our listeners, maybe it's going to be more interesting what's related right. to to the enterprise. But for operators. Um, Microsoft is is uh, is going to release because today is still not GA uh, two two products. One is Azure Operator Distributed Services, and kind of the core of that is Azure Operator's 5G core. So what are those products? Basically, Microsoft bought uh, some time ago um, a platform from AT&T. It's, it was called AT&T Network Cloud uh, for many distributed ser- services for operators. And it's kind of, um, we are, uh, let's say, Azureizing that, <laughs> providing Azure, all, like all of the great integration with Azure. And, but at the end of the day, it's also providing like a operator or carrier grade uh, of these core, 5G core, and, and many other um, services related to voice, um, uh, data, packet core, policies, et cetera. But when I say it's also Azure, it's, it's like unified or integrated with Azure on, on things like Azure Arc, DevOps, security. Uh, so if I'm an operator, I could take advantage of all those services from Azure for my core uh, software to drive a 5G network as operator, right? That's right. the summary, right? And then there's the other area, which is completely different or, or partially different which is what we are offering for the enterprise, right? So because in, in, in the first case, operators is like 5G coming from AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, or any other operator, new operator that wants to, to provide uh, 5G. But there are other scenarios. If I'm an enterprise or any organization or even government uh, where I might want to create a 5G network uh, private, right? So this is sort of that, my, own, my own little separate network yeah, at that point. Okay. My own little, maybe it's for a single scenario, could be, for instance, I want to have, let's say, uh, I have a factory uh, and I want to have a, like a large factory, large dimensions, and I want to have all my devices or robots um, that are mission critical. I want to have that connected through 5G. I can create a 5G private network and and I can do it with with uh, Microsoft software. So basically, what we are offering it's a, a new product. Uh, it's now in preview, which is called Azure Private 5G Core, which is the packet core, kind of the brain of the 5G network. So when I say brain, it's like how do you um, uh, provision the SIM cards, uh, policies, security policies, uh, filtering of protocols, kind of the brain of the 5G network. And that is installed in, in, a, in a local server, in on-premises, and, in, and that's why it's private. And then that, that is integrated or connected to uh, the, the RAN. RAN means kind of the antennas and mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the software and hardware more related to the 5G antennas. So this, this um, packet core, 5G core for private networks is coming now from Microsoft and then it's very well integrated with Azure. So you can control with Azure Arc all these servers, devices that are running on premises, but you have the 
visibility and kind of um, aggregation from 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 Azure, thanks to Azure Arc and and all the all the assets that we have in the cloud. So, but to sum up, like basically, we we are offering these five pro G products uh, as software um, for operators or for private companies that you want to create your own private five G network. I, I got to talk to somebody. I want one in my house. I have my own little one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd just be cool. <laughs> so, so since you're kind of following up on how you mentioned for enterprises, they could have their own private 5G network for a application or their own, how they want to use their edge devices. When they do like a private network, do they just use 5G? Or are these uh, architecture now like using a combination of 5G for certain operations, and then they still use Wi-Fi, for instance, for other operations? Right. That's a, a great question because usually, like customers might want to see, okay, so what's even what's better, 5G or Wi-Fi, or is it overlapping? Do I need to decide for one or the other? Uh, basically, the, the way we see it is um, they are complementary in, in many ways, but it really depends on the use case that you have, right? So for some cases, Wi-Fi could be, let's say, enough. In some cases, can be cheaper uh, and, and, and could be enough. And you have like a Wi-Fi, let's say, in a, in a building and, and then internet connectivity and then devices using Wi-Fi. Mm, is might be cheaper uh, than than 5G, but for many other scenarios, and, and this is where you need to think about, okay, what are kind of the clues that can tell me uh, 5G is better for this use case, right? So for instance, things like, hey, for my scenario, my use case, I need to cover a large area. Could be very large buildings, or could be outside, could be a stadium, could be a road, smart city, uh, if you were going to do that with Wi-Fi, uh, even when a Wi-Fi access point is, is very cheap, uh, maybe the cost would be even higher because you need to, to put a lot of those, a lot of connectivity between those access points. Like when you are talking about large dimensions, um, that's, that's a, a, a point for 5G, right? Uh, for a 5G network. Like um, Then that's one, one of the... Of the main topics but then there are other topics even for for within buildings let's say manufacturing i have a factory a large factory that is mission critical and like i'm very, maybe connecting uh, mission critical robots between them and to me it's super critical that if anything happens i need to detect that and react with uh, at the second or less right and in order to, to, to for that to happen, you can say, well, Wi-Fi is also very kind of a lot of bandwidth and uh, low latency, but the problem is reliability. You might not have that with Wi-Fi uh, and you have that with 5G. Why? Because with Wi-Fi, okay, you put Wi-Fi, it's working today on a certain way, but tomorrow other companies around might be putting additional Wi-Fi access points and then you are sharing the spectrum, right? And then maybe it's not working the same way tomorrow or in the future, right? You don't have control of all the um, spectrum that is happening in the air, right? But with uh, 5G, you you do have that control because you you need a license for the spectrum for the 5G spectrum that you're going to use. Then you're kind of reserving that for you for your use case, 
and no one else is going to put anything on top of that, right? And in addition to that, um, you have other things like more advanced uh, than Wi-Fi. In Wi-Fi, you don't have it, like the slicing. You can kind of create different slices of the 5G network, and then you can say, okay, today I just need this slice, but then uh, tomorrow, if I have a, a spike, I can add more um, uh, kind of dynamically, right? And Microsoft, that's more for the future, but we might be, uh, we are kind of working on, hey, how can even applications talk to the network with kind of network APIs so the network can react dynamically to what my application needs, right? So that's kind of science fiction for Wi-Fi, but this is uh, happening and it's gonna uh, happen for, for 5G. Um, so reliability and quality of service is key also for 5G. You, you cannot get the same quality of service, ensure that level uh, in Wi-Fi compared to, to 5G, right? And finally also security, the security and policies that you can have, like for instance, using after private 5G core, uh, it's a lot, uh, a lot more kind of uh, advanced and flexible uh, compared to Wi-Fi, right? But then it could be complementary, right? Like um, uh, you could have like within the same company, part of it maybe you use Wi-Fi because it's perfect for that use case. But then for yeah. other area in the company, you might want to, might want to use um, uh, 5G, right? Or, uh, I don't know, like one example could be, let's say for trains, right? Uh, rails. Uh, one use case could be within the train uh, for the passengers, I want to have great internet. Uh, well, uh, private 5G won't work because private 5G means that the company is providing the SIM for your phone. That doesn't work for, for, for consumers, right? Um, could be with public network with 5G, but then maybe the density of the of the um, stations, the the antennas is not enough. So maybe for passengers you can put Wi-Fi, and then maybe connectivity to uh, to internet could be through Azure Space and satellites. If the train is going through somewhere that doesn't have like public 5G density in, or, or good connectivity, so in that case Wi-Fi and satellite could be enough. But what about the safety and security of the rails. Mm, for that, you could have like uh, 5G because it's very long, long, long distances. You can have 5G with cameras and private kind of detecting what's going on on the rail. Is there any issue, accident with cameras and models, AI models running very close to the cameras with low latency and then detecting what's, what's happening and, and sending uh, uh, warnings, right? So you can see that for the same company or same organization, it's complementary as well, right? You can think about other scenarios like stadiums or Wi-Fi. I mean, uh, well, Wi-Fi could be also complementary with 5G, but if you want to, you know, a new stadium and you want to deploy 5G, it's going to be a lot faster because with a, a smaller number of antennas, you get everything, right? Inside, outside. With Wi-Fi, it might take a lot more work of doing that as well, right? So that's one, one example, but other examples, smart roads, um, like I said, manufacturing, mining, you know, like a large mines with, you want to, to see what's going on, uh, issues, detect anomalies. Uh, there are many, many, many use cases for that. It, it, it sounds like, you know, when I hear you talk about this, right, this, this is talking about the different ways to connect and sort of balancing 
you know, latency, private, public, you know, all those different pieces. Um, and you mentioned the applications, and some of this is about providing application capabilities like machine learning or AI uh -huh. or, or whatnot. If I'm an app, if I'm an enterprise application developer, do I have to write my app knowing that I'm on 5G or that I'm on Wi-Fi or or that I'm on some mix, or or is the intent to build it where I'm just going to go connect to an endpoint and yeah. then that the infrastructure underneath sort of figures out, you know, hey, you're on a a, a 5G network, so I'm going to use these APIs. Like, do I need to worry about that as an application mm -hmm. developer? Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, because in the almost 100% of the cases, 5G in reality is transparent, uh, right? It's like as a developer, I'm creating an app. Do I need to be aware if connectivity is going through Wi-Fi or Ethernet? Do right. I know to know about the configuration about the router or Cisco routers or or this access point? Not at all, right? Um, but I'm saying 99% because uh, in some cases that we are working for the future that I mentioned previously, in that case, yes, but it will be kind of for the most critical and kind of top-notch cases. Some sort of right? niche, that your niche scenarios. Your application is going to talk to yeah. the network uh, for huge spikes and react. the network is going to react. But for most of the cases, uh, the developer won't need to be, you know, uh, won't need to do any any or to, to type any special code for, for 5G, right? Right. Okay. But we want to focus on, hey, okay, you don't need to code anything special because it, it is a 5G network. It's at the end of the day, TCP IP, uh, HTTP, like regular protocols, <clears throat> don't worry about it. Um, the only difference is that some devices are going to be 5G, like a camera, 5G camera is going to send all the information through 5G or uh, any sensor, right? But that's kind of transparent for a developer of an application. Okay. But where we want to focus a lot is, okay, but what are the benefits or why of 5G that are going to kind of create a new paradigm of applications that were not possible previously? And the main difference is uh, mostly two things. Uh, one is uh, bandwidth, although you could have great bandwidth also with cable and, and Wi-Fi. And, and latency, but basically it's kind of the joint between 5G and uh, edge, right? And the edge means that you will put your services of your custom application close to the Wi-Fi network. So because of the low latency, you can react at the second or less about things that are happening. So that's why like, like years ago, having a smart road reacting on small things happening, a box drop to the from a from a truck or any accident, like um, reacting, uh, like cameras recording that, uh, sending that high quality it was always, it was always video to speed, a model, probably. and then yeah. that model detecting that and sending that event in super short time, that was not possible because right. of the communications, right? Like you couldn't have like high resolution 4K camera on the road and maybe hundreds or thousands of those cameras <clears throat> sending that 4K video to AI models and then detecting things because the bandwidth required for that was not possible Huge. for yeah. 3G or 4G, right? So that's kind of the mindset that we want to highlight. <clears throat> there are many new scenarios uh, where latency is critical, plus large environments, large areas, broad areas are also important that it was simply not possible in the past to, to, to think about those scenarios, right? Right. 
So, so I don't have to change anything from an app perspective. It just enables me to do scenarios right. that I it's, couldn't do. It's, my it's, code looks the same, basically, right. at the end of the day. Okay. And, and, and that's related to what I was uh, talking about uh, at, the, at the beginning, right? Because uh, you could say, okay, what kind of applications and services do I need to create? Well, to me, think about cloud-native applications as a developer where key points are microservices architecture, Kubernetes, uh, Docker containers, um, uh, messaging brokers, uh, published subscription for messaging, and all those messages can be, you know, information coming from sensors, uh, right? So that kind of archi architecture, but instead of putting that in the cloud, you would put that on Kubernetes at the edge, right? And when right. I say at the edge, it can be public Mac or private Mac. I can explain those concepts later, but Basically, you put that on compute very close to the 5G network. So when you detect you, you're getting information or video, uh, you you do that processing super quickly because of the low latency and then compute um, like with AI models, detecting things and then sending those events to the broker messaging broker and, 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 and all the kind of uh, subscribers uh, for the service are going to get that warning, like a dashboard or another machine that needs to be aware. And that can happen in, in even in milliseconds, right? That That's kind of the difference. Sure. Great. Yeah, you know, uh, Cedar, uh, I think uh, I have uh, read your book on .NET microservices that you had, I think, previously written, right? Was that you? That... Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, precisely, uh, I wrote but, a, a book about um dotnet like yeah dotnet microservices uh like a few years ago uh, uh when i was in the dotnet team as a program manager yeah i remember that and, and, and yeah. most of what i know about microservices i know from that book so oh now you're sucking up now you're sucking up i just realized i said wait a minute i've heard this in the, the name before yeah, where yeah. Have i heard it when he's talking about microservices it's like Talking with a lot of passion, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, and, and I can see that now where you're going with uh, with this architecture here. You know, it's containerized. Your book talked about containerized app, uh, .NET applications, and uh, of course, it, this could be anything, but uh, it doesn't have to be .NET. Uh, from yeah, an application developer perspective, and that's you know the, the reason I read your book is because I'm an app developer and I, I'm trying to understand like you know how do I have to think about deployment right like uh, I'm going to write these microservices you talked about you know Kubernetes or uh, and whatnot but from an Azure perspective right where am I deploying this right what exactly am I doing to make sure that it is close to uh, that uh, endpoint and achieve that low latency obviously I can't run it on in Australia East region because uh, the latency is not going to be low over there. So uh, it has to be deployed somewhere special uh, right. to achieve those low latencies. I'm just, uh, I'm not getting a, a good sense for, you know, how that would work uh, in this new uh, paradigm that you're describing. Yeah. And, and that's a great point because originally when thinking about microservices architecture, um, you would think about, okay, that's great for large applications, very complex that need to scale out a lot. So I put that, uh, like in Kubernetes clusters in the cloud, uh, if I have a lot of users, I start kind of creating many more uh, instances of the microservices and I can I can scale out. And you could think, what does does that uh, have to, to, to be with, uh, what's the relationship with, with the edge that in, in many cases could be kind of smaller, right? So 
It's more a matter of um, kind of a way to design uh, everything in, in small components, very light as well. So basically, it's more about hey, uh, performance and, and, and light components, and I can deploy kind of my end-to-end -end application with a light messaging broker, uh, light services, um, uh, and then I deploy that in a in a local Kubernetes and because Kubernetes is not just for scaling out, you can think you think about Kubernetes. You can deploy uh, Kubernetes in um, you know Azure Stack Edge uh, appliance or server, but you can even deploy it in other devices that are much smaller kind of um, IoT devices with a small uh, process capability. So you that that's kind of the point. Depending on how much power you need, if you are maybe just processing let's say telemetry and data, and you don't need to process video with AI models, you could even deploy your, your solution uh, with microservices, very light Kubernetes in a small device at the edge and react super quickly, right? So that, that's why it's it's related to the architecture and microservices and Kubernetes, but um, but but you, you can think about similar designs and architectures that you could, you could do with uh, cloud native in the cloud, uh, very similar, but kind of reduced uh, at the edge, but also using the same approaches with Kubernetes. Uh, also, Dapper is a great platform from Microsoft uh, for for microservices. Um, right. So yeah, that, so, that's a great question. So, so you mentioned Azure Arc, I think, earlier, right? So is that something that's going to be uh, hand in hand with the uh, with with the 5G connected application? They would have to use like a Azure Arc to 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 kind of manage that Kubernetes cluster, which is uh, potentially yeah. close to the edge. So basically, what, what's related to uh, Azure Arc is more about managing the infrastructure. So if I'm a developer of my application and microservices, probably uh, I don't need to deal with that uh, unless I'm also managing the infrastructure. So for instance, when you deploy Kubernetes in in a, in, an, in a server at the edge. Uh, could be an Azure Stack Edge appliance or server, or could be a generic server. Could, could be also, you know, Dell or HP or any any server that you put at the edge, and then you install. Uh, it's running with HCI and Arc enabled, right? So then Kubernetes is also Arc enabled, and even the 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 Azure Stack Edge kind of all the infrastructure that you deploy on that machine, you can control that remotely uh, from the cloud. But the important thing here is not just that you can do it remotely from, from the cloud, because you could say, well, I could connect directly to that server uh, somehow, right? Maybe on a VPN or, or, or in any, any way, right? The importance about the cloud is aggregation, because think about, let's say, I'm, I'm going to think about a use case where for firefighters, for instance, and private mech, private network, uh, imagine each unit or firefighters has a small network, 5G, which is mobile so there's a fire somewhere remotely and and then they go there with a track and that has the antenna 5g antenna so it has a great connectivity while they are fighting the fire right uh with drones and uh, whatever they are detecting things everything being processed super quickly in that in that area which is remote it's in the middle of uh, some place in, in you know a forest or whatever right um but then Coming back to ARC and the infrastructure, you could have hundreds of those units, right? So you want to have like aggregation for all the different 
hardwares and units and 5G, Azure 5G core, uh, the connectivity. So you can have like in the cloud, what we call a single pane of glass for everything that is kind of more granular uh, in, in those 5G networks, right? So that's why ARC for the infrastructure is, is very important. Well, thank you. I think this has been great. Uh, uh, another, I'm not sure you have another question, but another point that I wanted to clarify is, is um, the difference between, okay, we have 5G, we were talking about 5G coming from operators and 5G, uh, private 5G, right? So that's very much related, kind of one-on-one uh, -on -one relationship to 5G public MEC and the 5G private MEC. And what means MEC? MEC precisely means multi-access edge compute. It's like what we were discussing, joining edge compute with the 5G network, right? So the edge is pretty similar, uh, it's, it's compute, but then it's a different concept when we say uh, 5G private MEC or 5G public MEC. When, when it is 5G private MEC, that compute is something that you install in these machines locally, in your own servers, like the the firefighters, um, you know, that can have like a couple of servers. It's kind of you manage the hardware uh, that is then managed remotely with the cloud when you have connectivity, but you manage the hardware, right, in a private Mac. When it is public Mac, it's a different concept because the network is the operator. Let's say AT&T or Verizon, right? And even when you could have your servers, uh, that might have like a very big exception from an operator to, hey, this is my public network and accessing your server in your location. That could be done, but it's not very common. So what we are doing from Microsoft is we are partnering with the operators and we are creating uh, like a mini data centers from Azure for specific cities, right? So, because the important thing here is the latency. If we put small data center in a particular city, and right now we have it, like for instance, in, in Dallas, uh, Atlanta, and Miami, you could do the same approach of very low latency, my application running in that city, but I don't need to deploy those services in my own servers. I can deploy that in that in data center uh, for that city, right? And it's not, it is not just if it is closed. The difference also, and that's why there's a partnership between, let's say, AT&T or Verizon and Microsoft, because it's not accessing that data center from 5G through the internet. It's a direct access, right? So it's super low latency. It's like devices, 5G network, and then like a direct connect connection to that data center provided by Microsoft and let's say AT&T or Verizon directly so latency you don't go even through the internet so latency is super short so that's what is called private um public mech or or 5g public mech uh, which is like a small data centers very close to your um, devices uh but but it, it is like a kind of joining or merging small clouds with the operator uh for 5g uh, public mech right and if I may, I know we're uh, kind of uh, running out of time here, but I want to ask you, you mentioned the word latency many times. Can you give us a, a feeling for how much is the, what is the difference in latency in five in a 5G connected 
scenario versus, let's say, uh, you know, a Wi-Fi scenario or, or something that we'd be typically used to uh, using Azure Cloud? Yeah. So, for instance, latency in a 5G network could be like between 10 and 20 milliseconds, something like that. Uh, could be even less, but uh, but that latency is depending on the standard of Wi-Fi could be similar. Uh, like Wi-Fi 6E latency is also very 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 small. So that's why when when I was talking at the beginning about you know uh, the three pillars of of um, uh, of 5G, um, kind of the biggest differentiator is is uh, is, is the reliability of the 5G network. And also for large areas where it would be, you know, super complex to create a, a, a Wi-Fi, right? But uh, but yeah, but but then if you compare that latency uh, with um, 3G or, or 4G, it's a lot better, right? Uh, but then latency, yeah, it's, it's it's critical to have compute close to the 5G network. So that's why it's Mac private, very close, or Mac from the operator also kind of within the same city, right? Awesome. Thank you so much, Cedar. Uh, this has been great. Uh, Something that I want to highlight, but this is more for the future. What we would like to to provide in the future in the coming months is like, hey, as a developer, this is great, but how do I get started? So we we, we are planning on creating like a solution accelerator, you know, with Kubernetes and messaging and kind of all these things that I was mentioning uh, for these scenarios, um, right? Kind of, if you know my my the book I wrote about microservices and the related issue right. on containers application. Yep. Something similar, but for. I was going to say I'm waiting for the next 5G. book on on that right now. I was like, when is that coming out? <laughs> he's working on it. That's what he's not telling us. He's working on it. <laughs> Great. This is awesome. Thanks, Caesar. Thanks all. Thank you very much. Thanks all. See ya. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to connect, find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with us.